1: Greta Boris.
2: Yes, and it was a super fun interview. Greta's Mm -hmm. a podcaster. Uh, She and Megan Haskell have the Author Wheel podcast, and we talk about her transitioning from traditional to indie, Mm -hmm. Um, her podcast, their nonfiction stuff. It was really really good. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and she had lots of great uh, tips and ideas on Mm -hmm. like how to like really. Simple, smart things you can do if you want to transition, and then yeah. she talked about the really the good parts of being traditionally published, so mm-hmm. and how it helped her. So it's really good.
2: Yeah, it was good. Yeah. So what's yeah. been going on with you this week?
1: Well, I did. I sent out all the hardcover books oh, for wow. the Kickstarter. Yes, and so <laughs> my dining room looked like I don't know. I guess I suppose what the back room of a publisher looks like. I mean, I have yeah. books everywhere, stickers, tissue paper. Tape. I mean, just ugh. did your just, husband help you? He did. I was Good. like, how do you feel like about about uh helping me package yeah. and seal up 147 envelopes? And he was like, Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get out of here faster. So yeah, yeah. So that's but scary. we did that. And um it, so that's pretty much done. I, I only have one person who didn't reply with their mailing address. So I still have, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I can't send anything until I know where to send it. Mm-hmm. other right. than that, right. So yeah, it was great and um I actually bought a label printer. I oh. didn't know these existed until recently. It's a small printer that you can just print mailing labels on and they're mm-hmm. thermal printers. They use heat. And, oh, um, heat. So, and it was super fast. And that's I used great. um Pirate Ship if if anyone's doing a lot of shipping, mm-hmm. Pirate Ship, you can get really good rates. So,
2: oh, I was yeah. wondering um how, I was going to
1: ask that how you shipped them. So yeah. that's good to know. Yeah, cuz you can just take a you export a csv file and then you mm-hmm. upload it to um Ship, and then mm-hmm. they give you a list they can say do you want to send it u.s mail ups whatever and you pick whichever one you want and mm-hmm. then it just creates the labels for you and you print them it was that was like the easiest part wow oh, that's great no. yeah. that's awesome so that's so, me uh, that's all i've been doing lately oh,
2: okay well that's that's <laughs> good that's good what about you i am um Well, I'm at my daughter's house in Dallas right now. I drove up today and recorded the podcast. And, Mm -hmm. you know, last week we had babies.
1: We had technical issues last week.
2: Doorbells and dogs. Today we had about the same. Y'all, I don't know what I was just saying in the episode. I don't know why (laughs) y'all hang with me because I am so unprofessional sometimes. Um, But... I'm here. This to- is real life, though. Yeah, this is real life, y'all. <laughs> uh, but my this daughter with the five kids, they had their Christmas party. Their My son-in-law's Christmas party tonight. And so I told her I'd come help. And then uh, we're going to a Christmas dinner, she and my mom and I, on mm-hmm. Sunday. And then I'm going to stay at my mom's next week. And then next Friday night, uh, the small town that I grew up in, they're basketball um, season starts the mm-hmm. girls basketball season starts and they're dedicating the season to my sister and oh, uh, yeah. my sister's team was the first team to go to state Ooh. in basketball. And uh, so they're all their jerseys are going to say play like 12. It's really sweet mm, Yeah and you know, very small town. And mm-hmm. uh, so I'm, I'm doing that with you know them but um if anybody saw my post this week you know Sunday was a bad day for me uh but then Monday was better I went to see a therapist for the first (laughs) well that therapist for the first time and um felt better I felt better you know it was mostly just the get to know you kind of thing but I did feel better when I left and I've been pretty good this week and uh Went to lunch with a friend, and we talked writing, and we talked books, and we talked some ideas, and so that was kind of fun. And I actually didn't panic when we were talking about it, so <laughs> I just consider that a win. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, mostly just decorate my house for Christmas, and yeah, you um, know, I. I have set the bar kind of high for my kids and grandkids. So now I really feel. For off. Christmas celebrations. Yeah, for, mean, yeah. Yes, for Christmas celebrations. It's not very, not anything else. Y'all know me. Uh, but, <laughs> the bar's pretty low. Uh, but No,
1: I just didn't want you. I was like, that's got to be about Christmas, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's what I've been doing. But other than that, just getting ready for the
2: holidays. Oh, I was going to say my, uh, I did. My social media fast. Uh, if oh yes! Yeah. If anybody was doing <laughs> it with us, uh, congratulations. Uh, mine lasted four hours. So, <laughs> and that's officially off the table now, right? For both table. of us. I mean, I'm not really posting, but I'm scrolling. Yeah. And uh, but I did tell my therapist, you know, that and everything, and she sort of gave me a pass right now on on the social media thing. So I was like, okay. I'm not going to feel bad about it just yet. So yeah, uh,
1: we can do that for like dry January. Yeah, or something. Maybe. <laughs> 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 January. it'll be a social media oh dry. Oh gosh,
2: that's <laughs> hilarious! So we should get on with the ed- uh, with the interview because Greta has a lot of great things to say.
1: Yes. All right. Here we go. So here's Greta. Well, today we're super excited to talk to Greta Boris. Hi, Greta. How are you? Great. I'm so excited to be on the show.
2: Well, we're excited to have you.
1: Well, let me read your bio and we'll get right into the questions. Greta Porras is the USA Today bestselling author of the Seven Deadly Sins Murders, a psychological suspense series, and the Mortician Murders, a paranormal cozy series. She's also the co-founder of the Author Wheel, a company that provides books, courses, and a podcast for writers. The podcast is, design- is designed to help authors save time and money and keep their stories rolling. Greta Hale is from sunny Southern California, where, based on her stories, which are all set there. Things are darker than you'd expect. Dun, <laughs> da, da, da. I love that.
2: Yeah, love it. <laughs> love it. That's perfect.
1: <laughs> I, I like to kill
0: people, so that is definitely darker than you'd expect. So <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I like to kill people, yeah.
2: uh, but only, only on in the fiction, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. Greta, tell us how you got into writing.
0: Well, you know, probably like a lot of the people interview um, I was born into a very like writing reading kind of family my dad was a a editor and publisher of magazines and my mother was a musician and a voice teacher and we lived in New York and she taught voice to actors a lot of actors who'd get a Broadway part and had to sing so Mm -hmm. I was immersed in story and I was a voracious reader and um I just always knew I would do something with story. Originally, I thought it would be acting until I realized, oh, no, <laughs> that would be a really rotten world. You get rejected <laughs> all day long, even worse than authors. Yeah, that wasn't happening. Um, but so that was my early. And then my first jobs were in magazines. You know, Daddy got me a job mm-hmm. and I, I worked in magazines. And then I took a very long baby break. Um uh, And when I got back to work, I was doing fitness and I just wrote, uh, somebody told me about this crazy thing called indie publishing. Um, And I wrote my first nonfiction book, which I independently published. And that was back in the, trying to remember what year it was, but I think it was kind of in the gold rush days Mm. because Mm. that book, it was called the wine and chocolate workout. And it,
1: um, I'm in on that. That's <laughs> what
0: everybody said. It was a better title than it
1: was a book, but let's <laughs> have the battle. The top, it's getting a good title though. <laughs> it,
0: oh, really? It hit the top ten in Kindle. It was right up to the wheat next to the wheat belly diet for like a week. Oh, wow! And, uh, I know, but um, then. So, I got bit by the writing bug and I started writing for the health, wellness, and beauty industry in magazines. And um, I was the editor of an online magazine for a while. Uh, But I always kind of thought that fiction was for special people, Mm. like elite people, you know. Oh, I thought you meant people know that, uh, that kind of special no well we are that kind of special for sure right we are we're not we're not like normal people yeah whatever but normal I wasn't, is but, but yes. I wasn't sure I was like one of you guys at that mm-hmm. time I feel like now I fully embraced my specialness but um uh, <laughs> Anyway, so I interviewed two fiction authors for a magazine. One of them was a dear friend of mine, Deanna Cameron, who it writes under DD LaCroix. LaCroix, LaCroix. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other was Joanna Penn, mm. and, which most of us have heard of. Yeah. And uh, I thought, oh, maybe I could write fiction. Like, mm-hmm. So I started and I wrote my first horrible, terrible, no good, very bad novel. No. and that was the beginning of it all
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah that's that awesome was,
1: and so you've gone on from that to be uh published published by a small small press would that be yes. how you describe it yeah
0: and yeah, then indie publishing and indie mm-hmm. publishing
1: after that with with you're with a, a different series right correct yeah. yeah so i did get a um a
0: two-book contract. So I, my first series is The Seven Deadly Sins. Mm-hmm. So I got a two-book contract with the first right of refusal for the other mm-hmm. five because you can't mm-hmm. really have two deadly sins. It's mm-hmm. um, <laughs> <That is> true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that first novel got published in 2017. And I, I just rewrote it, actually, for the publisher um, this last year. It, mm. um, because, you know... First novels, it wasn't great. And it was the gateway drug into the rest of the sins. So mm-hmm. we thought we'd give it up. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And at the same time, I've been working on independently publishing
1: my own series, which okay. is the Mortician Mysteries, Mortician Murders. Sorry. Okay. All right. Well, we will get into that more as it goes along. But just kind of wanted to give an overview of like kind of your career progression mm-hmm. because it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know that a lot of people have moved from nonfiction to small press boutique publishing to indie publishing. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. To talk about. Yeah. 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 Well, so what is your definition of success?
0: Yeah, this is a, uh, this question took me a really long time thinking about this. Yeah. One. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. gosh. But I would say it's just a moving target, right? Mm-hmm. So in, in mm-hmm. the beginning it was getting a contract that right. was, mm-hmm. yeah, that was it, yeah. you know? And very quickly, it moved toward a financial goal because, mm-hmm. you know, I realized that um, that uh, well, anyway, it just wasn't happening right mm-hmm. there with a mm-hmm. small uh, with a small press. So I'd say right now, what it is for me is to have a scalable publishing and teaching business and author helps business um, mm-hmm. that I have some control over. Mm. And equally important to me is that I can, um, you know, touch readers or students, hearts and minds and have an impact, you know, positive impact that something, give them something that sticks with them, something they can chew on and something that's very helpful for them. That's, that's my, that's success for me.
2: I love that. And that you can control. I love that
0: part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, um, what do you wish you'd known about writing and craft when you started writing fiction?
0: Well, you know, coming from nonfiction, mm-hmm. I, I just thought because I could turn a phrase and because I had a, a good vocabulary, that this whole story thing is just gonna be like a piece of cake. It's like, no, it's the difference like between running a a 5k and a ultra marathon, you know, i fiction is just so much more difficult. And I was such a a reader and I knew what I liked, but I couldn't replicate it. You know, I guess like, I I love a book like this, but for the life of me trying to figure out how to write it, I knew nothing about tension. I knew nothing about um, pacing. So Mm -hmm. just as a funny little, my very first terrible book that nobody will ever read, um, basically, it was this woman who was going through a midlife crisis, a lot like mine, walking through a neighborhood, a lot like mine, with her dog, a lot like mine. And nothing happened <laughs> three quarters of the book. And then all of a sudden, I realized, oh, nothing's happening. So she bumps into a serial killer. <laughs> so that was the book. It was bad. <laughs> So story structure, obviously, I needed to learn story structure, pacing, tension, pretty much everything.
1: Yeah. And so how did you do that? How did you kind of learn about the elements of story?
0: Well, some really great books and some courses I I took. uh, I took Margie Lawson's got Mm -hmm. some really great uh, great courses. So I took her courses. Um, Then I also... uh, alessandra no not alessandra Torre. Uh, um what is her name i'm trying to remember there was a great book on story structure for uh written by a screen she was originally a screenplay writer and then she uh, i'm trying to think of her name but anyway that book was super helpful um mm-hmm. i joined critique groups and went to conferences i just i just you know, Vulcan mind melded with anybody who knew how to do right. it, who was willing to Vulcan mind meld with me, you mm-hmm. know, just and admit and wrote a lot, a lot, a lot of crappy stuff
1: that never yeah. was going to get published, you know? Yeah. I think that's part of it is just getting in there and just trying it and taking all, taking it all in and then figuring out practice, practice, practice. So, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, what about marketing? What do you wish you'd known about marketing? Well, that
0: you, you know, getting a publisher doesn't automatically put you on the happy boat to you know <laughs> fame and fortune land. You know no. that's just, that just that is not. <laughs> I thought that. I mean, I just thought, oh, you get the contract and boom, boom, you know, baby, move over. I'm buying a beach house. But it didn't happen. You're
2: having dinner with uh, Nora and James Patterson. Uh, Oh, absolutely.
0: And, you know, me and Stephen King are best buds. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, that didn't happen. So um, I had a, a big aha moment, I think, after May. Second Seven Deadly Sin was published in two, like a thump thump, like mm-hmm. crickets, mm-hmm. and uh, so I, I realized, well, I can't, I can't do advertising. You know, it doesn't the ROI isn't there when you're traditionally published? But I could start building my mailing list, and oh, that's a great got, idea, and, and and creating networks with other authors in Mm -hmm. my genre and doing author cross promotions, building my mailing list. And I'm really grateful for that. So that when I did decide to just jump off into indie publishing um, this last year, I had a base, you know, Mm -hmm. I knew some other authors, they did cross promotions. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a mailing list, so it was not as scary as it would have been.
1: Right. That's excellent. I think that's a, that's really good advice just to focus on maybe those two things, just build mill the mailing list and then, you know, get connected with some other authors in the, in the genre you were writing, right? Yes, yeah. exactly.
0: So other mystery thriller writers. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, I did kind of build a network with indie authors because traditionally published author, in my experience, traditionally published authors by and large are not uh, as, willing to do cross promotion I did get Mm -hmm. some author blurbs really nice Mm -hmm. blurbs from some you know Mm -hmm. traditionally published authors but not they don't do a lot of so a lot of them don't even have newsletters
1: I know Um, it's a very different game Uh yeah it's a completely different world
2: so you know I found interesting I read The Hating Game by Sally Thorne And I loved it so much. Like I adored that book that I immediately went to the back of the book to try to find her email or her, you know, her website or whatever. And do you know that like, I could not find a way in the world to contact her except through the publisher. And I just was like, that is so sad. This woman probably really
0: would like to hear from readers, but
2: yeah, it was, it was unfortunate.
0: It's funny too. So sometimes if you follow some of the like I Tess Gerritsen, I, mm-hmm. I followed her on Twitter and I commented about something and she commented right back at me on Twitter. So I think sometimes the bigger named authors that they, they're not opposed. It's just the way the system is set up.
1: Right. You know. Yeah. It's very yeah,
0: protective.
1: It, yeah. And it's like they the way it's more old school. You know, it's set up that everything goes through the publisher and and if authors do have their own mailing list and stuff, it's, um, it's great. And they can use that. They can leverage that for themselves, but um, it's not, I don't remember it being very like encouraged or anything like that when I was traditionally published. So. Yeah. 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 It's a it's real not-
2: missed opportunity, I think.
1: Oh,
0: I, I definitely think for authors and, um, it's difficult, I think, for some traditionally published authors to transition into indie be- if they haven't thought this out or, or met other indie authors and learned mm-hmm. some business stuff from them because you're just like walking into a void. Mm-hmm. It's, it's too, like two two different complete. worlds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was a, a, a real um, mindset shift for me as I went to BoucherCon. Mm -hmm. and um can you explain what that is real quick oh yeah sure so voucher con is is a big mystery thriller uh conference for Mm -hmm. primarily traditionally published authors there's not much indie stuff going on there and i had i just written my first mortician book and i wanted to pitch it to agents and bigger publishers there Mm -hmm. and i i just saw a different i just I'd been to conferences before, but for Mm -hmm. some reason it just hit me. It's like, I felt like I was trying to get into the really big in crowd group Mm -hmm. at high school, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. and I just thought, I I don't like this. (laughs) I don't want to do this. And I mean, I, I, I met some, like, I, I had wine with Heather Graham and Mm -hmm. Tony Hillerman's daughter, Anne and I had dinner together and they were so sweet and lovely people. And I thought, I, I don't see myself ever getting there. You know, Mm-mm. I mean, Mm-mm. and so, um, yeah, I had, um, I came home. I was very shook up. And mm. then I had a dream. Ah, <laughs> and, the a dream. dream. <laughs> and in this dream, I was on a train and George Burns was with me. On, I don't know why. <laughs> George Burns is it's on the train. like the, the best train. story. <laughs> and he's um. my agent. Oh, and he's my agent. We're on this train. I know. And at one point, this is the most I remember of the dream. He pulls a cigar out of his mouth and he goes, so do you want to sell books or you want to be important? (laughs) And I woke up (laughs) and I went, oh, duh, I want to sell books. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the shift for me. It was like this, you know, I mean, to stop seeking just being important and Mm -hmm. start seeking doing you know, making some income for my family and mm-hmm. and writing books that I want to love, uh, that I love, and that I hope readers love. That mm-hmm. might not be very important books. Mm-hmm. So. Right. right. I think that's so great. I, th- I think it's you know we all
2: sort of have to come to that place too. Mm-hmm. Do you need? Do you want validation, or do you want to sell books? And yeah, you know, and or have some control over selling books. Mm-hmm. Maybe is the better. Thing because yeah. there's no guarantee if you indie publish, you're going to sell books. But, you know, no. you have Oof. better.
1: Yeah. With indie publishing, the ball is definitely in your court. And you yes. can control right. a lot more and make yes. a lot more things happen. Yes. Exactly. Right. Exactly.
0: And well I- Oh, go ahead Sarah. oh I was just gonna say and of course my business partner is Indy Megan yes. Haskell with the yes. author wheel so she's like a little voice in my ear for oh, the last yeah. number of years too so
2: and she's <laughs> super 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 smart and uh, oh, yeah. a real go-getter so yeah I'm sure it's better it's more than a little voice it's probably a bigger voice <laughs> yeah <laughs> really persuasive because she's also persuasive <laughs> yeah yes. Uh, so, um what assumptions uh did you make at the beginning of your writing career and looking back did they turn out to be right or wrong I know you said you thought you know you'd be hanging out with with the big the big guys uh, yeah
0: but anything else uh I I, I think it's just that it is it's n- it's not just about writing the books uh, yes that's super important and I, I do not regret you know, having a traditional deal because I think it pushed me, um, you know, in the craft process. But it's a lot, a lot about marketing and understanding what what readers are looking for, readers of your genre are looking for and delivering that. And that is I didn't get that at all yeah. in the beginning. Right. You know. Right. Yeah, that's true. I
2: mean, I talked about it last week on the podcast, but um Melanie Harlow's talk at Neek and at um, 20 Books was don't give them spaghetti if they want cake, which is if they want cake, give them cake. That's why they're coming to you for cake. Though you might make a great spaghetti, they want the cake. So (laughs) give them what they want. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. That's a
1: good phrase. Yeah. Very memorable, memorable too. Mm -hmm. So have you ever made a mistake that turned out to be a good thing? Well, um I would say that
0: in a way it could be looked at that traditional publishing with a small press was a mistake and financially it wasn't a great thing, but it really was a good thing for me because um like my first editor for the first three four books, she was she had been a division editor at Harlequin and she was a college professor in she was tough, oh my gosh. It was just like every time I get edits back from her, I'd have to prepare myself. I'd cry for twenty four hours like if, but it was so good for me because I mean she taught me so much it was like going through college. So I do think that that did it did it, it wasn't what I thought it was gonna be and it wasn't what I had hoped it was gonna be, but it was good for me,
1: you know it was yeah, sounds like it helped you like really level up your. Writing skills, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. It was a slap upside the head every
0: time. (laughs) In in a loving, good way. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I had that too, only not from an editor, (laughs) from a critiquer. Yeah. Uh, What about the opposite? Have you ever had an idea and you thought this is a home run and then it turned out not to be so great?
0: Well, yeah. Writing a series based on The Seven Deadly Sins. I would not recommend that to anybody. <laughs> for, for one thing, it's like it, it, it shoves you into a thematic thing. Mm-hmm. For another thing, if you publish the first book with lust in the title, which the first book was called The Margin of Lust, the new version will be called The Liability of Lust. Everybody thinks that it's a steamy romance. You know, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I always said it's called lust because my main character wasn't getting any; it was clean. A lot of murders, but (laughs) (laughs) clean. (laughs) So, um, and I, I, um, so that was difficult. And then sloth. uh, Try to write a book about people who don't do anything. That's really interesting too. So, I mean, yeah, I just thought it was so darn clever. And if I. It was a lot of work and it's done. And I think they're good books, Mm -hmm. but um, I would not do that again.
2: (laughs) That's really interesting because I, I would think even for a murder mystery, like, or, you know, that would be a great thing, but I do think you, you make a good point. You got to think it all the way through, you know, and I don't tend to do that. I think about book one (laughs) and then I'm like, I'll make it work down the road. And you really (laughs) need to think it all the way through.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: That was, it was a, it was a big challenge. A lot of pencil chewing. Yeah. And then, like you said before, it's the seven deadly sins. So readers are expecting seven books, right? Or they were looking for them. So you're kind of locked in already to doing seven instead of maybe just a couple. (laughs)
0: Right. And deciding, is this series going to take off? Is this going to do very well or is it not going to do very well? Um, You know, you kind of had to go for it. (laughs) Just Uh do it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, you talked a little bit earlier. Earlier, you talked a little bit about um, mindset changes you've had to make. Um, Is like, what do you think are the biggest things you've had to like change the way you think about?
0: Well, I. I mean, emotionally, the biggest thing was what I said, like, what what are you doing this for? Are you doing this because you want people to think you're important? Or are you doing this? Which they didn't. So it wasn't working anyway. <laughs> um, and, um, or do you want to like contribute to the family coffers? You know, I might yeah. get some money in. And so that was big. And then once I made that decision, um, mindset changes like. Okay, then this is a business. Mm-hmm. And let's think about this as a business. I mean, yes, it's creative and artistic, and that part is lovely, but, um, you know, it's also a business. And you, you know, you have to learn advertising and marketing and mm-hmm. all
1: the things. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things to learn. Yeah. But the way so, you've done it, it's like you kind of tackled the craft first. Yeah. And yeah. then, like now, you've kind of eased into more of the business aspects. So, yeah, that's worked out well. It sounds like,
0: yes, and and actually, you know, like even publishing, I'm. Uh, I know you're wide, Sarah, mm-hmm. and I know you're in Ku, Jamie. And yeah. I just decided I'm going to Ku first. I'm. I'm. My traditionally published books are wide, and I may go wide eventually. I probably will, but I'm just baby stepping into it, you know, because Mm -hmm. it's a lot to learn and I would rather Uh, do things correctly um, from the get-go than mm -hmm. try to stretch myself too thin. But then, you know, we also have the nonfiction, I also have the nonfiction side of the world and those books, um, Megan and I have been independently publishing um, and they are wide and, but (laughs) Megan does most of that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So... (laughs) It's been It's very, a great system then.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a really good system. It's, it's like, me. It to Megan. I, I have a podcast wife, you have <laughs> a podcast, sounds like you have a podcast wife or indoor business wife. So yeah, yes, <laughs> I, I, absolutely. <laughs> so. Well, let's talk about the author wheel and um, what it is, what it encompasses. So let's start with how did you and Megan connect? First of all.
0: Well, we met at a writers' conference uh-huh. and um, we just kind of hit it off. We were both there with our very first books, and mm-hmm. I was pitching my first seven to Lee Sin, And she um, had already decided she wanted to independently publish, but she wanted to put her book. In front of editors and agents, just to see, you know, mm-hmm, what they mm-hmm, thought about it. Because mm-hmm. she's smart like that. See, <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of that. She's just smart. <laughs> um, but we really hit it off, and then um, we were both part of a, a writer, big writing community called o- OC Writers for Orange County Writers. Mm-hmm. And the woman who ran that, Deanna Cameron, wanted to give it to me. She was burnt out, and I said, "Well, I won't do it unless I have a partner." And so I thought about Megan. And so we did that together. We ran, we were the directors of OC Writers for a few years. And then about a year before and we started teaching then. And we started teaching at conferences. Our first courses that we taught and our first things were do you want to go trad or do you want to go self-publishing?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, because you know, we were Lucy and Ethel on that. <laughs> I did the one and she did the other. And you know, it was kind of cute. And um And we have, that was our first book that we wrote together too. And uh, so, and then we just kind of morphed on from there and then, but right before COVID, thankfully, we decided to pull out of that and move things online because we'd done mostly in-person teaching at conferences and things. And we started to start putting courses on online and, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that. so was a good decision right before yeah. covid
1: perfect timing so, yeah yeah. Well, yeah so tell us a little bit about like what you do now with the author wheel. so you have a podcast and we do books right yes
0: we do so the podcast is only one season so far but it's going well and you know Sarah your episode has been the big hit, has had the most downloads of any. Wow, yay! I know. know. And then um, we we just recorded our wrap-up, season one wrap-up. Uh, yesterday, and we talked about you, Jamie. We said oh. Jamie's going to be on the podcast next year, but she doesn't know it. <laughs> so, <laughs> we talked about you, and um, so that's going. So that's really fun. We're really enjoying that, and then we also the author wheel started as a. Um, well, we we have some books. We've just this last year we published our first three quick guides. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have the quick guide to. Uh, productive writing habits the quick guide to planning a novel the quick guide to understanding your genre and then we're um our goal is to make courses for each of the books Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we're actually gonna we also interviewed russell nolte Mm -hmm. on the podcast and we are gonna do a kickstarter next year you've been an inspiration sarah oh
1: good i'm so glad I think you guys will do great. Yeah, nonfiction seems to do so well on Kickstarter. So it really
2: does. It does. Yeah. Well, I love that um, your quick starter to understanding genre because I just think that I I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that authors new authors make. Yeah, even some more seasoned authors. (laughs) Yeah, um, make just not understanding their genre and what is expected and what the readers expect, what they will forgive, what they won't forgive kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And I think, um, I think that's awesome for anybody that's just starting or hasn't been able to find traction so far, something like that would be just great for, um,
0: a newer author. You know, when I was pitching, um, my first book around and I was getting, you know, all the agent rejections mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had one, um, editor from a, a publishing company tell me, I don't know what this book is. This book, uh, it, it, yeah. it reads kind of literary, but then it, it's kind of like a thriller, but then it also feels like a romance. So what the heck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's when I started studying on genre and, mm-hmm. uh, I did do a lot of go to the library, put all the books out, evaluate them and we actually have a little tool in that understanding your genre book for how to
1: mm-hmm. go
0: in and evaluate what's selling in your nice. chosen genre. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: that's great. That's great. Yeah. I think cool. that's awesome. Tell us a little bit about your collaboration process with you and Megan. How do y'all write mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. books together, the courses? Do y'all have does it work the same way with each one or is it different with each each book or course?
0: Well, the first book that we wrote, which is called Publish, Take Charge of Your Author Career, and that's the one, that's our longest book, and it's mm-hmm. about mm, publishing. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of easy because I wrote the parts about traditional publishing and how do you mm-hmm. get an agent and all of that kind of stuff. And she wrote mm-hmm. the parts about indie publishing and in that. But then the quick guides, what we've kind of done is we blogged on the topics first mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then because she does a lot of the techie stuff that I don't do as much of, I made myself the editor. And so then I would take those blog posts and weave them together. And then if we were missing or we had a hole or we needed more, it was like, okay, let's blog on this topic. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. And that until we had it uh, really. So I guess I would say I did most of the writing, actual writing on those books in terms of the what's in the book, but mm-hmm. I, would take a lot of megan's blog posts on different topics and Mm -hmm. um but we kind of would sit down every few months and say okay what should we write about this is before we started the podcast and we were mostly Mm -hmm. blogging what Mm -hmm. should we talk about this next quarter and then we'd kind of do what whoever knew the most or had Mm -hmm. the most interesting ideas and and if it was a topic that neither one of us wanted to talk about we flipped a coin (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: because <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes those topics just need to be covered and they're like nobody's really that excited. Yeah. About it. yeah. Right. Nobody's excited. Exactly.
2: They need to be talked about, but nobody wants to do it. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. So that's great. Yeah. And so yeah. did you, how did the podcast come about? Just because you wanted to like Sarah and I, you know, we've always said this podcast is unprofessional sometimes as it is, as it is, like today. Um for me anyway, um, is a love letter to, to the indie publishing world because we just love podcasting. We love podcasts so much and got so much from it. Is it, is yours strategic for the nonfiction or was it just, we want, it's just another medium to get things out there or what just, or all of the above. I'm just curious.
0: I think it's kind of all of the above. I think we. I love podcasts. I Mm -hmm. listen to more podcasts than, and I love your guys' podcast. I have not missed one episode. This is a bucket lister for me. Honestly, (laughs) I am. I am such. Sarah knows when she came on our Uh, podcast. I like fangirled all over. Oh my god! I'm controlling myself with you, Jamie. Um, (laughs) Controlling (laughs) myself. Really, I love you. Um, But I, you know, I just. I love the podcasts. just make you feel connected, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. to the community. Mm-hmm. And I think so like networking, feeling connected to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, also, when we first started teaching it, it, in the first conferences and places we taught, we didn't even charge anything. It was giving yeah. back. It's like, these are the things we've learned where we're relatively new in the Mm -hmm. publishing business. So we weren't that many steps ahead of Mm -hmm, some of these people who knew nothing. Mm -hmm. So we remembered, oh, you know. Mm -hmm. So we like to say that what we do is we kind of curate because there's so much information out there and there's so many scammy people who are trying to Mm -hmm. take advantage of authors. And I know people who've just been so just, scammed Mm -hmm. um that we for our podcast slightly different than your guys um we are primarily in when well we have duo episodes it's just the two of us Mm -hmm. talking about different topics but uh, which are a little more strategic toward our nonfiction stuff but um when we interview people we try to interview people who have a, a product or service for writers that we trust that we think oh this is a good product this is a good service, we Mm -hmm. would send people to this person Mm -hmm. um, to help people to kind of navigate through all that.
1: Yeah. And
2: I love that because you're right. I mean, there's, there are just some charlatans taking people's money. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And
2: um, I, I think it's great service really in protecting the community. So that's awesome, and you're doing it in a positive way. You're not going on going. Here's a list of people to stay away from. <laughs> oh no, I feel We're just like saying- that might not go over as well. And <laughs> <yeah>, I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, I think it's great, and I also think it's great strategically for your nonfiction stuff. And this is why, because you know, you you have this thing. Because I've done it where you listen to a podcast and you think, you know, the people like you listen mm-hmm. to them every week. I mean, Sarah and I, I don't know mm-hmm. if she had the experience, but I had the experience when we first met Joanna Penn because mm-hmm. we met her at the same time. And it was just like, I've known Joanna forever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, who is this woman with this horrible accent? <laughs> and um, why does she keep <laughs> asking, asking why. me to yeah, I'm glad you keep following me everywhere I go. Um, because we're old friends. Yeah, you know that I felt like we were, but we've experienced it on the other side too, where we've gone to conferences and people have come up. I love it. I love when people come up and it's like they feel like they know me because that's how I want them to feel. I've mm-hmm. clearly I hold very little back. And so um, so I just I think that that's great, though. If you're if you're trying to build trust and uh, um, reliability and just a, mm-hmm. a reputation with your audience, that you're going to give things to or sell things to at some point, point. and so I just think that's awesome. I think it's really smart.
0: Well, thank you. It mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun, and honestly, uh, we were talking about this in the wrap up episode yesterday that. One of, I am a pretty gregarious person. I mean, Megan considers herself an introvert. I do not consider myself an mm-hmm. introvert. Mm-hmm. Nobody else does either. Yes. So um, I <laughs> just can only be alone with my pretend friends, my mm-hmm. fictional <laughs> friends for right. so long before right. I have to talk to real people or I just right. get weird. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. probably weird anyway, but weirder. How about no, that? No. I, I know exactly
2: what you're talking about. I mean, yeah. honestly, this podcast saved my sanity in 2020.
1: I, I think mean, mine too. I, yeah,
2: no doubt. 100%. Oh, I think,
1: 100% just I think saved you my guys sanity.
0: saved my sanity <laughs> in
1: 2020.
0: I, I told Sarah, I like, I found your guys podcast and I was like, Oh my gosh, it's like sitting in a coffee shop with my friends. Oh, that's nice.
1: That's
2: and, nice. Because we wanted it to be that way. So it's nice to know we achieved that on some level. So that's great. But yeah, yeah I mean, I just I love it. I think that there aren't. I mean, I know there are a ton of podcasts, but I always encourage people if you're thinking about doing a podcast, do it. I mean, you may get into it and find you don't want to do it every week. I mean, Sarah and I, we're on here almost every week, except mm-hmm. for the summer, you know, when we took a little bit of time off. But, um, and some people don't want to do that. But if you've got something to say or you've got another angle or way mm-hmm. to say it, because not everybody relates to, me right yeah and people are you know yeah yeah. people are going
1: to resonate with different personalities so I think it's good that there's a lot of different writing podcasts Mm -hmm. so yeah
0: yeah and different ones cover different aspects Mm -hmm. and are good for different time frames in your life and right exactly in in your writing life and your writing career like I think we kind of really focus on newer writers and or people like me who are Mm -hmm. transitioning Mm -hmm. from indie I mean from Traditional, Traditional to, to indie. indie. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. kind of our major Your audience. Not that area. Yeah. I mean, like some more experienced authors, you know, hopefully they would get something out of it too, or just right. like to listen to me and Megan. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, uh, I actually prefer podcasts that have two hosts. So I know That's what I pick to listen to because I mm-hmm. like the interaction between the mm-hmm. two people and mm-hmm. they seem to last longer than the. Solo host, they seem to yeah. have the longevity. You know? Yeah,
2: I think so. probably because you're not carrying the load by yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. If I was, this would have lasted about three episodes uh, <laughs> if I was doing it. About-
0: <laughs> I don't even think I could have figured out how to upload it to Buzzsprout. So <laughs> 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 that would have been, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I wanted to ask real quickly about like um community. Like we talked a little bit about how, like, as a podcast you develop kind of a following or community. Are y'all doing anything specifically to uh, develop community? Are you doing like a Patreon or a Facebook group or anything like that?
0: Well, we have a Facebook page, but neither one of us are sterling uh, social media (laughs) people. You take uh,
1: after my Facebook (laughs) philosophy of just like,
0: (laughs) 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 Uh, once in a while I told her we have to put up dog pictures, dogs with Christmas hats pretty soon. So that's kind of like where we're, going but okay. um, <laughs> that's my big idea so what we we will eventually I mean we have teachable we have courses unteachable we have taught we still teach locally or we've been doing more zoom stuff we've been mm-hmm. we teaching for the new room you know all the groups that dropped out of Romance Writers of America, but have started new romance groups. We've done some teaching there and um, that kind of thing, but mostly on zoom and then um, networking this networking with other podcasters. I mean, like you you guys having me on is just an incredibly wonderful gift Mm -hmm. and I really appreciate it. And the willingness of this community to, um, to share is just really lovely and, and, so we're kind of doing that, and then of course we're doing
1: Kickstarter, like I said. Yeah, and that'll be a good community. Builder. That's going to be
2: fun. Yeah, it'll be yeah. a great community builder. Well, our last yeah. question is usually, what do you do to set? What have you done to set yourself up for success? Which I'm going to let Sarah answer. I mean, ask not answer. Why would I let her? Answer? <laughs> she can answer for me. Shoot, y'all. Anyway, I'll let Sarah ask that because I want to ask what's the best thing someone coming from the traditional world into the indie world can do to set themselves up for success or at least prepare them? What do you think that would be? I kind of threw that at you from left field. No,
0: that's actually easier for me than the other question. (laughs) So (laughs) I think that it would be number one, Listen to podcasts. I know, I know. I sound like I'm tooting my own horn because we just started one, but no, really. Like Joanna Penn's podcast, brilliant. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. so 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 helpful. Your guys' podcast is brilliant. There's just so many. I love Uh, Brian Cohen and um, Claire Claire Claire. Taylor Claire Taylor's podcast. So so many of those podcasts are so helpful. Um, that and then um, getting into organizations where you're going to meet indie authors because mm-hmm. you need to start meeting them, picking their brains, finding out what works and what doesn't work,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: making friends with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I'd say a mailing list. I, because I have a smaller publisher, I did ask them, I said, Can I write? Um, you know, a reader magnet in my world because technically mm-hmm. my publisher owns the seven deadly sins world. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was great. She said, yeah, mm-hmm. write it. We'll, you know, we'll edit it. We'll give it a cover. We'll do it all. And um, I put it up on book funnel and started doing cross promotions with that. And every once in a while she'd let me give away like one of the seven deadly sins too, mm-hmm. or do a sale or when it was on, a free sale or a wow. ninety-nine cent sale, mm-hmm. then I would quickly hit up all my traditionally, or I mean, my indie author friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I would say that just trying to create and an, uh, a group of indie authors in your genre that you right. can cross promote with and build a mailing list. Mm-hmm. That and I love Book Funnel for that, and I think uh, Book Sweeps can be great for that when you're in the beginning and you're just trying to get your first.
1: Yeah. Your first piece started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think that's so smart to just ask mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. you know, like ask your publisher, can I do a prequel in this world? And mm-hmm. I mean, they may say no, but if they say yes, then you're set up to right. promote that in a new way that mm-hmm. you want, wouldn't have been able to before. So I think that's great.
0: And, if, and I, go ahead. If, go ahead. If they had said no, I would have written something else and given yeah. it away. Yeah. 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 But I think that is really good.
2: And I think, Having never been traditionally published, so I could be talking out my butt here, but I don't think I am in that asking your publisher and then explaining, this is why I want to do this. Like, this will help you and help me. Like, this is Mm -hmm. a mutually beneficial sort of arrangement that if you let me write in this world or, or we can put a book on sale or whatever, the benefit from this especially if you have a long series like yours you got seven books if you put one on sale or then you've got read through to the other books or whatever so uh, i think that's that's great and and educating traditional publishers because publishers because i don't know that they've all caught up some of them have but i don't think they've all caught up to really just the easiest most basic things about marketing which
0: yeah yeah it's smaller boutique publishers are Tend to be more yeah. savvy. Savvy, mm-hmm. they're a little mm-hmm. more like indie publishers, and yeah. more willing to work with you, and um, more willing to try new to, things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, we actually interviewed my publisher on the podcast cool. because mm-hmm. I know some people do want that traditional deal, mm-hmm. and I would heart. She's very, very honest and mm-hmm. thoughtful, and you know what I mean. She's she's still a good friend, Right. even though right. I'm writing indie.
2: Yeah, and I would like to say to all of our listeners who are traditionally published, if you, or want to be, you're not validation seeking. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I just, for me personally, I had to make the decision: do I want to be validated, or do I want to try to sell books? And for me, it came down to the last thing. It, mm-hmm. Your motivation may be something different, and that val- validation may be super important to you. And go for it. Live your life. Do
1: you, you know? Live your best life on that one. It's all an individual. It comes down to absolutely is absolutely.
0: Oh, and origin in the very beginning, I am very thankful that for that deal because I just know my personality, and Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, and I wouldn't have had the courage. I mean, I I threw up that wine and chocolate workbook workout uh, book, and it did okay, and then I panicked and I stopped marketing it because I got one bad review. And I was like, Oh, my
1: gosh, I can't even
0: write another book, you know. So <laughs> I needed handholding. And I yeah, got handholding.
1: Right. And yeah, I'm very grateful great. for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm okay. so glad we've got to talk to you about this, because it's an interesting path that not mm-hmm. we don't talk about a whole lot. So it's mm-hmm. been really, really informative. So um, before we go, like, what's the best thing you've done to set yourself up for success overall? Oh, uh, so
0: I guess what I would say is um, probably the, the years being devoted to the craft of writing a good book.
2: Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. that
0: that I feel pretty confident. I mean, you might not like my book, or Joe down the street might not like my book, but I don't fall apart if somebody doesn't because mm-hmm. I figure, well, it's a good book. It's just yeah, the right. kind of book that they like. Like right. I, I understand the basics of craft, and even though Mm -hmm. uh, I wished for overnight success, because Mm -hmm. I didn't understand that didn't exist at Mm -hmm. the time, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, (laughs) you know, I'm really grateful I didn't have it, you know, Mm -hmm. because that process, that going to school of writing, 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 and, um, you know, that now when the books come out, I feel pretty confident. I get good reviews and yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. I great. think
0: that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, love that answer. Love it. Well, thank you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, it's been great having you. It's nice to meet you. And uh <laughs> we tell people where they can find out more about you and the author wheel and all of that.
0: So my website is gretaboris.com and my name is spelled with one T, Greta. <laughs> And my last name is just like Boris Karloff. So <laughs> it's easier to remember with murder, Boris Karloff. And uh, GretaBoris.com is me. And I do have some freebies there. Um, and then the author wheel is TheAuthorWheel.com. And um, the podcast is The Author Wheel. It's really com- very simple. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> and we'll put
2: the link in the show notes. Put the
0: sure. link in the show notes. And yeah. we do have uh, our our little giveaway on the author will say it is the five five common roadblocks new writers must overcome. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah. Oh so if anybody wants to check those out, come on yeah. over to That's worth will. the price of admission right there.
1: Yeah. There yes. you go. Very yeah. good. Very well, perfect. good. All right. Well, we will have all those links in the show notes and you can find them at wishignownthenpodcast.com. And thanks to Alexa Larberg for editing and producing the podcast and to Adriel Wiggins for doing the admin.